Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. We are zooming through the week as we have a short week because of the Memorial Day holiday. Glad you're with us. Lots to get to today. Lots of local stuff. A lot of IU for this Wednesday edition of the program. And it's hard to believe that we close out the final week of the month of May today and head into June. The summer is here. It's just around the corner. And a lot of fun coming up here. I know it's the off season for the Indiana Hoosiers, both football and basketball. But football is drawing closer. Uh, not a lot of excitement there, as we've discussed. Basketball, really a lot of excitement as we head into June and the summer recruiting period uh, for the coaches to get out and see some of these big names that we talk about very often here on the program. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got to look at our headlines from today. We'll mention a potential IU target named Boogie Fland. He is scheduling some visits or working to schedule some visits for the month of June. We'll tell you about that and where Indiana stands also, Jalen Harrelson, the big man from up at Fishers High School that's been on the national level for some years now. He's been out at the USA Basketball Development Center uh, getting some preparation for the opportunity to represent the country and play on Team USA. So more on that coming up. Also, the final recruiting services consensus index. It's the RSCI is out for the class of 2023, and I've got some good news to pass along to you about Mackenzie Mbako, the late addition to Indiana's 2023 recruiting class. Also an update on where Hood Shafino and Jackson Davis stand and one of the latest mock drafts that I have seen. We'll share that information and some local stuff. Football, excuse me, football, softball, uh, regionals were scheduled for last night. One of them was played in 3A, and one of them was canceled. We'll tell you about both of those coming up here in just a bit. That's uh, later in the show today. We'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin is the IU or I should say the Pacers beat writer, but he still joins us as a former IU writer to talk about uh, IU, the Hoosiers, college basketball. And with the NBA Finals just around the corner, we'll probably broach that subject as well with Dustin when he's with us today. And then always on Wednesday, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. It's our opportunity, as we do throughout the week, to turn the attention to some local subjects. We'll talk baseball sectionals, which are now finalized as of Monday. We'll preview some of the big baseball regionals in the area. We now know where some of the local teams are going to play, which is good. And uh, we'll tell you about our broadcast plans for the weekend as well. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to 
check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder that the Thornton's text line is open. We love to hear from you on this show. You can send in comments, questions. You can sound off. It can be IU. It can be local stuff. Whatever you want to do, bring it to my attention. We'll read it on the air. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton's text line here on the Hoosier Report. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come by today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And I want to tell you here in this opening segment today, Father's Day is just around the corner, and the Big X Sports Radio golf cart is an outstanding Father's Day gift. This year's card features Park Mammoth down in Kentucky, and then all Southern Indiana courses other than that, Old Capitol and Cordon, Elk Run and Jeff, Valley View and Floyd's Knobs, Wooded View in Clarksville, and Christmas Lake down in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round using the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supplies is limited, especially with Father's Day just around the corner. You can get your card today, BigXSportsRadio.com, or call 812-725-1457. Again, 812-725-1457. Let's get into the headlines for today and start with a few recruiting items. Boogie Fland, he's a big name in the class of 2024 He's the number 12 overall prospect, according to 247 Sports, a six foot three, 165 combo guard. He really seems to be getting his recruitment organized and structured for his last year of high school basketball. And, of course, more immediate than that, his last summer of travel basketball and the recruiting circuit coming up. He told the 247 website, the National Recruiting Quarter, Travis Branham, that he's going to try to get some visits in June and get those out of the way. When he was asked about what schools he might take a visit to, he listed UConn, of course, the defending national champion, Kentucky, Indiana, Alabama, Oregon, and a few other schools. He's been to North Carolina. Here's what he had to say about Indiana. They asked him about all of his top schools he named. He said, quote, they got freshman guards like Jalen hood Shafino, who was in the process of getting drafted. The player development for the guards is big, and they're winning. So that just kind of lets you in the mind of a top high school prospect like Fland. Exactly the things that we talk about. Hood Shafino going to the NBA. The assistant coaches, Mike Woodson, helping develop him, using his NBA background and connections to get him ready, not just for a successful season at Indiana, but to be a successful NBA player, to get drafted. Those are the things that catch the attention of these young players coming up, and that is why Mike Woodson is getting Mbako and could get someone like Boogie Flan. The word is out. The reputation is there. The experience is there. And now that Indiana's turned the corner and had some success, if they can continue to have some, some decent success in the NCAA tournament, I think Mike Woodson and his staff can take things to a whole other level when it comes to getting really big-time players. So that is good news from a recruiting perspective. Indiana right now, I was talking with somebody over the Memorial Day weekend, they are being named, at least verbally named, by so many of the top players in the country. Uh, they may not be the favorite. They may not get a visit. They may not ultimately get their commitment. 
But Indiana, I feel more than any other time that I've been doing this show, the ups and downs of recruiting, and there have been some downs. Uh, I feel more than any other time Indiana is in play for some of the very best in the country. Uh, and I know it got slow last year. Indiana, outside of Cups and uh, Newton, didn't really get a lot of action as far as commitments go. But Indiana really is involved with a lot of number, a number of big-name players right now. Going to be interesting to see how things play out. USA Basketball. Over the weekend, I know the EYBL was down in Memphis, but USA Basketball also hosted their uh, uh, training for the classes of 2025 and 26 for the under-16 team trials. And I don't know if they've named a final roster or not. I didn't see it before we came on the air. But I do know that Jalen Harrelson is one of the final 18 players. I don't know if that's the roster and they carry a big roster or if there's still another cut to come. But the little report I read on him talked about him playing uh, with the ball in his hands a lot more is kind of a way to make him a, a point guard, a primary playmaker with his high school team at Fishers and his travel circuit team. I think at the USA basketball camp they had for this under-16 team, he was put in a wing role, and according to some of the reports, that suited him really well. So Jalen Harrelson, a very versatile player. He's big, he's tall, he's long, he's lanky. Uh, yes, he can handle the ball. He can run the point and do so at a high level in high school and grassroots ball. But maybe his college position could be a wing or a small forward instead of a combo guard moving forward. I think that's one of the things with Harrelson and his individual development this summer. He gets this opportunity to go overseas and play with USA Basketball. And, of course, a lot of summer hoops ahead for him as well. But uh, Harrelson somebody really to watch as Indiana begins to get some real momentum on the recruiting trail and get in with some of these big-name players. I think the next step for Indiana is to land some of these good young players in the state. And if they can do that, that's definitely going to be another big sign that Indiana basketball is headed to a big opportunity. I definitely think that. So uh, we'll see how things play out. I'm watching Jalen Harrelson for sure, and Trent Sisley as well, and, of course, uh, Flory Badunga from Kokomo. Those are the three big ones in the state. Uh, could Indiana get all of them? It's possible. I think Indiana's in a good position to strike with multiple of those guys. Just a gut feeling, no insight. But things seem to really be trending in Indiana's direction in a great way right now as far as recruiting goes. Also, good news on McKenzie and Baco. I always look for this. The Recruiting Services Consensus Index, the RCSI, uh, came out for the class of 2023. And McKenzie and Baco is the highest rated Big Ten recruit. He is number 10 nationally in this consensus, which is a composite of every national recruiting service available. They put it together and list their top prospects based on that. So big news that Indiana, and normally it's Michigan State it seems, but big news, Indiana has the best player in the Big Ten according to all the recruiting services when you put them together. He is the top guy. So that is very, very interesting, I think. And also good news for Indiana. And as I look at the list, uh, McKenzie Mbako at number 10, the number one player in this composite is a player named Isaiah Collier from Marietta, Georgia, that's going to USC. But scrolling down the list with Mbako at 10, I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody. But the next Big Ten player I see is all the way down. It's Cohen Carr, who is uh, tied at number 26 in this composite ranking. And he is uh, from Hampton, Georgia, and he is headed to Michigan State. So 
my goodness, Indiana, according to this composite, and they're just rankings, it's ESPN, Rivals, 247 Sports, On3. Those are the ones that make up this uh, composite ranking. Uh, Indiana, far and away, has the best player coming in for next year. Interestingly enough, Xavier Booker, who is quite a talent from Indianapolis Cathedral. and I, I'm sorry, he is 13th, so he would be behind Mbako. Uh, number 13, Booker, would be next as far as Big Ten recruits. Then you would drop down to Cohen Carr, tied for number 26. But I'll tell you what, Booker, who <laughs> we, he's a great talent. He doesn't always show what he can do in some of his high school games and some of these all-star games, but uh, he is uh, widely thought uh, very highly uh, by recruiting services as far as what he could be as a college player and obviously a professional as well. But good news for Indiana and Mbako, number 10, the highest-rated Big Ten recruit according to this composite coming in for next season. Jalen hood Chafino and Trace Jackson-Davis, uh, hoops hype, they aggregate the mock drafts, the better mock drafts out there. There's so many nowadays after the combine and some of the pro days that have been held. And it looks like hood Chafino is an average of the number 16 pick for the upcoming NBA draft. And then I think ESPN had hood Chafino the highest I saw at number nine, which is good for him. The little write-up on hood Chafino from ESPN said, quote, Hood Chafino is one of the big winners of the measurements and pro day portions of the draft prospect process as he clearly possesses all-star level physical tools with his tremendous size, frame, and length for a point guard. Players with his caliber of upside tend to rise as we get closer to draft day. Many executives pivot into home run swing mode at this stage of the lottery, especially teams like the Jazz, who have three picks at their disposal and some clear holes to plug in the backcourt. So maybe that's some insight that Hood Shafino could be higher than 16. He could be drafted even at a better spot than that. And maybe that's a little insight that the Utah Jazz are a team to watch as far as potentially drafting Jalen Hood Shafino. I saw also in the latest uh, ESPN mock that Trace Jackson Davis is comfortably in the second round. He is at number 36 in the hoops hype aggregation of mock drafts, and then he was number 38 in the ESPN update. Of course, the draft coming up on Thursday, June 22nd in Brooklyn. Um, I thought maybe Hood Chafino would bounce up a little, or excuse me, I thought maybe TJD would bounce up uh, in the draft a little bit after all the positive remarks coming out of the combine and the measurements and some of the, the things that surrounding uh, activities in Chicago. But he really hasn't in, in the uh, overall aggregate. So interesting to watch. But Hood Shafino uh, definitely appears to be on the rise as well. High school softball, got to mention this. Last night, the Silver Creek Dragons with a big regional championship. They are headed to the semi-state this weekend. Silver Creek victorious over Connorsville 10-3 uh, as they held off Connorsville, who scored six runs in the bottom of the seventh inning, trying to push uh, the game into extra innings or win in a walk-off situation. But the Dragons win the regional championship. They are moving on to a two-game semi-state opportunity. If they could win game one, win game two, they'll be in the state championship in 3A, which is big stuff. And how about this? Floyd Central, who's had another outstanding year under Sean Payne in high school softball, they were supposed to host Evansville North 
on Tuesday night. Just as Evansville North arrived at the Highlander softball field, that's when we got some real heavy rain. I don't think it was consistent across the area, but in Floyd County, certain parts of it, I got caught in it, really heavy rain came down. That forced Evansville North to have to turn around and go home and come back this evening and try again to play the regional championship. Floyd Central 26 and 7, Evansville North 24 and 3, a 6:30 30 uh, game time this evening at Floyd Central. If you're looking for some sports and something fun to do on a Wednesday evening, high school softball is action-packed, and we'll see if Floyd Central can become the second local team to punch their ticket to the semi-state. So the good luck to the Highlanders and, of course, to the Dragons as well. Real quick, regional assignments were posted yesterday uh, for last evening for the high school baseball this weekend. Floyd Central going to host a regional. They will have Providence and Brownstown at 11 a.m., and then Silver Creek and Connorsville will play at 3 o'clock. So the 2A game, Providence and Brownstown, followed by the 3A game, Silver Creek and Connorsville. Interestingly enough, Connorsville is who the Lady Dragons beat last night in the softball regional championship uh, down at Castle, and Castle's the host, but the games are actually going to be at UE, Evansville's baseball field. Uh, that's where Jeffersonville and Castle will play. So, yes, Castle's the host, but it's not a home-field advantage. It's at UE. Jeff and Castle, 3 p.m. Central time, which means it's a 4 p.m. Eastern time semi-state, let me correct myself, regional championship game for the upset Red Devils who defeated and knocked off Floyd Central on Monday. P.K. Falkenstein and I will have that broadcast. It likely will be on another signal because of a bats game we have coming up that night. We'll get that information out to you a little bit later in the week. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is next. IU basketball recruiting and the NBA Finals on tap with Dustin. Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak, the Pacers beat writer for the Indianapolis Star, with us on Wednesdays in this segment. And we'll get to some IU recruiting stuff here in just a moment. But, Dustin, the NBA Finals are set. I'm looking forward to the series, the Nuggets and the Heats. Uh, I think the Nuggets, the favorite in my opinion. Uh, Are you excited about the finals? And what kind of insight can you tell us after covering a season of the Pacers in the NBA? Uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's going to be a fascinating series. Uh, I mean, on paper, you would think uh, Denver should cruise, especially just the way they've been playing. I mean, I think without question, uh, they've been the most consistently dominant team in the postseason. But Miami keeps beating people they're not supposed to beat (laughs) over and over and over again. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, they're they're 
technically, you know, they're the eighth seed in the playoffs, but I mean, they came in as the seven, lost the first play-in game, were almost out of it. I mean, you got to remember, like, I mean, Chicago had them, uh, you know, pretty close. They, you know, they, they had a lead late in that game, and Miami managed to survive that, and here they are in the NBA Finals. It's just been an unbelievable run for those guys. So I think, I mean, you, you got to make Denver the favorite. I mean, just because Jokic, I think, has been phenomenal. I don't think anybody's figured out a way to, to really slow him down. And then Murray, I think, has played some terrific basketball. You're reminded of how good he was in the bubble. Uh, all of their, and all of their ancillary pieces have, they have made this huge contribution. Darren Gordon's been really terrific on, on both ends. Uh, Caldwell Pope's made some huge shots. Michael Porter Jr.'s made some huge shots. Um, it's really just been a machine. Uh, but Miami, I mean, they, they just, you know, Jimmy Butler's just got a, just an incredible will. Uh, Bam Adebayo is one of the best, just you know, uh, post you know five man pick and roll defenders uh, in the league. It's just a phenomenal, you know, just collection of defensive skill. And they keep getting those undrafted guys uh, to make shots and make big plays. And Caleb Martin was sensational in Game Seven. I mean, I I don't understand how he wasn't drafted uh, because he was a terrific player in Nevada. Uh, you know, the rest of those guys kind of make sense. I mean, they were like smaller school guys and whatnot. Caleb Martin was a really good player then. Uh, but all of those guys have really come together well, and, and, and Spolster is just a tremendous coach. Um, so it, it lines up to be, I think, a pretty tough series. I mean, like, if, you know, on paper I say Nuggets in five, but uh, if, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't rule Miami out. I think I think the Heat get it to six just by virtue of sheer will uh, somehow, some way. But, I mean, as far as just uh, being around those teams for the Pacers, I mean, Miami is a team that the Pacers beat. Um, and, you know, I mean, Halliburton hit I, when I, I think that was the game he went for, he goes for forty. He went for forty-three in that game in Miami uh, around Christmas. I think a couple of days before. Um, and you know, I mean, they they seem like a very beatable team during the year, but they just find a different level. But I think you know, I, Denver might have been the best team I saw all year, uh, as far as just they were. I just never thought the Pacers had a chance to beat them. And uh, you know, they they handled the Nuggets handled the Pacers without. They didn't have Jokic when they played in Denver. Uh, and Nuggets still romped them. I know the Pacers didn't have Halliburton either, but I mean, you just saw just a really disciplined, sharp team with a lot of talent. And uh, yeah, I'm just really impressed by what the Nuggets have done. All right, uh, along the NBA line, let's talk about Trace Jackson Davis, but specifically Jalen hood Shafino. There have been some really good remarks on him after the combine about measurements and some of the uh, intricacies that he may be brings to the NBA, and it looks like there's a chance he could potentially slide into the lottery. There's a chance. I mean, I think a lot of that, those top 13 or so are pretty set. Well, I actually, interestingly enough, uh, the, the team that I keep seeing tied to is the Heat, and I think that's it. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just give them a really talented lead guard. Um, you know, they've been just okay at the point, basically. I mean, Gabe Vincent's been solid and everything like that, but I mean, they've uh, it's really been you know Jimmy kind of being a de facto point, um, and you could use a playmaker at that one spot for them. And I think Coach Shafino fits in really well. Big guy, you know, really smart, big for the position, really smart. You know, can hit that mid-range jumper. Uh, you, you certainly see the capacity for him to, to hit more of the three ball. Uh, I don't think that'll be an issue, and they certainly have enough shooters to put around him anyway. So I think Miami would be a really good fit. I mean, I think the better possibility is somewhere he's in that 15 to 20, but I don't think he goes past 20. Uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I think, like I said, I, I think those top 12, 13, um, I don't want to say they're set, but, I mean, I think, you know, Kevin Pritchard kept, keeps telling us he thinks there's a third tier from about 4 to 10. Um, and so I think that's, you know, the Thompson Twins, uh, Jairus Walker, Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, uh, Anthony Black, Grady Dick, I, I think are, is, is just most of that group afterwards. 
Um, and then from there, I think you, you have some other really talented guys. You know, uh, uh, Jordan Hawkins is the guy that stands out in that group. I think there's a couple more that are going to be maybe in that uh, late lottery, you know, it, it round 12, 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, but I think Coach Chavino slides in shortly after that. I mean, he's just so clearly an NBA guy. Uh, it's, it's his style of play. You know, his size, his measurements, his ability, you know, that, that mid-range jumper matters in the NBA. Uh, it does still when you're coming off that pick and roll and you can hit that elbow, you know, that elbow pull-up. Uh, it matters. I mean, Chris Paul's made a career off of it, and Jalen Lucifino, I think, certainly could too. Um, and so I, I just think a lot of things he did well um, really, I think, play uh, very, very well to what they're looking for in the NBA. And, 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 again, the size is really important. That makes him switchable. That makes him a guy that you can't hunt defensively in terms of just creating you know, a, a big, small matchup, uh, he, he gives you a lot of things. And so I definitely think he's, he's more than safe as a first-round pick, and I think really uh, I, I think you can bank on him in the top 20. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest talking, Hood Shafino, Trace Jackson Davis in the NBA draft. I want to talk about recruiting in general. I know that Indiana seems to be involved with so many big-name players right now. Mike Woodson, his NBA experience, all the years he spent in and around the NBA as a player and coach, all the connections that he has. And then I think also a big piece of that is the coaching staff that he has assembled in Bloomington that uh, is very connected and experienced in their own regard. He's got something brewing right now, it feels like, from a recruiting perspective at, at Indiana. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to, your, to, to the above, the previous discussion, um, you know, this draft will really help him, uh, I think, just as far as uh, really putting some concrete, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just evidence to that, that, hey, you know, you, you really can get there from here, and it's not just theory. Um, you know, basically it's just like, for the first couple of years, Woodson's been able to recruit on the theory of the case, which is, you know, you've been to the NBA, you've been in the NBA, you played in the NBA, you understand in the NBA, you should be able to get somebody to the NBA, um, and you know that was that that made sense logically, but it was just it was a theory, and and now there's it's putting it into practice, and in, it you know if both of these guys go in the first round, um, it goes a long way, and, he, and even if Trace doesn't go in the first round, I mean I think you'll be able to point to and say, hey, at the end of last year, you don't know that he could have gone. Um, and for as talented as he was, McDonald's All-American, Indiana Mr. Basketball, six-eight guy with a whole bunch of skill, you didn't know what he was, you know, there, there has not been a point in the past four years where you were sure of where he would have gotten picked if he went in the draft. Um, and so, you know, if he ends up being a first-rounder, you can look and say, hey, you know, Trace didn't hit any shots, any three-point shots, but uh, this is how he grew his game, and this is Mike Woodson having a real sense uh, of what NBA teams want, and not just thinking what you know laymen think they want. Uh, I mean, I think all of us figure, all right, everybody's got to be able to hit threes now, um, and that's mostly true. But I mean, I think if uh, if Trace makes it, and, and you can pat, look at all these other things he improved on, said, okay, well, he never did get to be a better shooter, but look at all these other things he did get better at. Uh, you know, sort of under Mike Woodson's, you know, um, you know, advice, tutelage, everything. Uh, that's going to matter. And I think also, you know, I got to talk to Trace at the combine uh, uh, for a while. Um, and again, just he continues to be just a really impressive guy. But you know, he really said, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that I'll I'll take with me um, from playing for Coach Woodson that, that I think is going to matter. You know, understanding schemes, understanding you know plays, systems, all that. I'm I'm going to get that, and, and I don't think I'm going to be that far off on day one and just understanding a playbook and and how the actions work. And I I, I think that's something that's going to stand out. I mean, I I I, I think tr- one of Trace's biggest attributes as a player. 
uh, going forward. I mean, you got to be a good if, if, if you're not a top five, you know, top if you're not top two or three player on your team. Like you got to be a good dude, and you got to be a professional uh, and and able to understand a lot of things and plug and play, uh, and not have to have a lot taught to you. And Trace is going to be ahead of the game there, and I think that's going to be a great asset for him. Is really his understanding and feel for the game, and, and I think he learned a lot. Uh, from playing for Mike Woodson. I think he took a lot out of that, and I think that's something that's going to absolutely help Mike Woodson on the recruiting trail. All right, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. He covers the Pacers, still with us each Wednesday as we talk IU, college basketball, and more. Dustin, as always, thanks. Enjoy the NBA Finals, or at least the start of it, and we'll talk right. next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right, Dustin, always with us Wednesdays here on the program. couple notes. Don't forget we have regional baseball coming up on Saturday. The game is a 4 p.m. start. Our pregame coverage will begin about 3.50 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and again, the station it will likely not be on the Big X. We'll make that announcement a little bit later in the week on this show and also on social media, but it will be very likely that the Jeffersonville Castle game will air on a sister station due to Bats baseball that day. So that's what I know so far as far as high school baseball. We've had a number of people ask, where do you plan to be? Are you going to stay with the Devils who won the Monday sectional at New Albany? Yes, that's the plan. We'll follow Jeff and then pick up with other teams as we can. But uh, we will likely this Saturday be on another signal and uh, I'll communicate that with you a little bit later in the week when we've got confirmation on that. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, more high school baseball talk with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We had some outstanding games on Friday. I don't think there was any game in the state better than the Jeffersonville Floyd Central finale with the underdog Devils pulling it off. And Silver Creek had an interesting sectional championship game as well. It was a back-and-forth contest. We've also got the softball state tournament regional tonight at Floyd and the Silver Creek girls as I mentioned earlier today, they've already punched their ticket to the semi-state coming up on Saturday. And the end of high school sports for the school year, for the summer, is near. So we'll talk all that more with Josh Cook in the next segment. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Do you have a prediction locally? Who's going to be the local team to make it the farthest? I've said all along, Providence, and I'll stick with my pick. Back with more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program, final segment of our Wednesday show. A reminder, if you miss our live show ever, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. So if you're with us live on the Big X every weekday at 11 a.m., glad to have you. If you're with us on demand via podcast, always glad to have you as well. And don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502 414 
1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, I've missed our conversations. We've been on a string of Louisville Bats day games on Wednesdays that have caused us to miss a handful of conversations here in the last month. But no better time than today to regroup because we're in the middle of the final stretch of high school sports for this school year. And we had some fantastic baseball games on Monday, Memorial Day, specifically the Jeff Floyd Central finale. And Silver Creek Scottsburg, it was a good one as well. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry we've been preempted by the bats. Uh, you know, it's okay. But uh, <laughs> actually, Matt, I'm, I'm coming to you live today from uh, Scribner Gym, where my daughter just graduated eighth grade. Well, I guess it was some, some sort of ceremony, but. Uh, uh, finishing up that, but yeah, it's uh, high school baseball is in full swing with the postseason, and uh, yeah, that Silver Creek game, uh, the Dragons were down by one going into the top of the seventh, and they came up with five big runs and uh, you know extended their streak of six straight sectional titles. So they'll be at um, they'll be at Floyd Central on Saturday along with uh, Lost Providence and uh, in the one game regionals, and then we've also got what Borden at Lagodi and. Uh, uh, Jeffersonville at, at Castle, but I think that's at University of Evansville is where that came to see played. So uh, Saturday is going to be a super busy day. There's, uh, you know, softball, tennis, all kinds of stuff going on that day as well. So it's just uh, definitely a busy time of year as all these sports wind down. Yeah, let's go through those regional matchups. Jeff and Castle, I know the Red Devils beat the Knights in the regular season, but I understand Castle has an outstanding pitcher who will very likely be ready to go Saturday against the Devils. Jeff is hot. Can they continue that sixth and seventh inning streak down at UE? We'll see on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I don't. Bishop Letson, you know, from Floyd is one of the top pitchers in the state, so. You know, we'll see if, uh, you know, they had some success against him in, in the late innings uh, the other day. So we'll see if they can carry that over to uh, the Castle game against the Frederick pitcher. But, you know, it should definitely be, uh, you know, I, I would expect a close game. And, we'll, yeah, we'll see if Jeff can keep that postseason magic going. And how about Floyd Central getting an opportunity to host a regional this year with this new format where the regionals are just one game, keeping more teams in for the following week, two-game semi-states, so kind of just a reversal there. And not only is Floyd Central hosting, but Providence is there. They'll take on Brownstown in a 2A regional title game at 11 a.m., followed up by Silver Creek and Connersville, a 3A regional championship. So if you're a baseball nut, a high school sports fanatic here in the area, you can get you a ticket at Floyd Central and watch two really good games on Saturday, Providence and Silver Creek. I think the Pioneers are a favorite to win, and we'll see if Silver Creek can get it done against Connors Connersville. Yeah, trying to keep uh, Joe Decker's uh, coaching career going for a few more games. Uh, like you said, after when the game when I talked to him the other day, uh, there's no there's no big uh, stud pitcher left in 3A, which has been they've run into unfortunately in, in the last uh, you know three or four years. Uh, you know, at the, in the state finals in 2018, and then last year in the in the semi state. But so uh, you know they 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 you know they, they have a good shot at anybody I think. And Providence, I would definitely say, is the favorite to win Saturday. And and the, you know I would say they're the favorite to win the state championship at this point, considering that. Uh, Forest Park was number one, and they got knocked out in the sectional. So Providence is the highest-ranked team left. So uh, we'll see if uh, Trey Watson's team can can get it done. Uh, you know, it's definitely one of the one of the best hitting teams uh, maybe Providence has ever had. Uh, but uh, you know, they 
they can certainly put up some runs, and we'll see if they can continue to do that uh, Saturday against Brownstown. You know, I'm sure it won't be easy. Brownstown, uh, I know the Carson Darlidge kid pitches too, so um, you know we'll see if Providence can, can score enough runs to, to beat Brownstown. But, yeah, it's nice to have two games there at Floyd. Uh, uh, from my perspective, per, uh, selfishly, it's nice to have two teams playing there. And, and I'm sure from your perspective, too, it's nice to have two teams playing at one side, two of our local squads. But, uh you know, it, it should be interesting. And then uh, Borden at Lagodi, you know, obviously uh, Borden won com- coming off another, uh, their third straight sectional title. And uh, uh, Coach Stott's team is hoping to, hoping to get, uh, you know, a regional title, too, on Saturday. So that, that game, they should be competitive, too, in their game. So, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know if we'll have if we'll have four sectional, or regional champs, excuse me, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I'm just glad to see Floyd Central's field get an opportunity to be used in the postseason. I love that setup there, and it's also one of the last, I guess, all-natural surfaces, right? I think the home plate is turf. Maybe the mound is turf, but I believe still a natural grass and dirt surface, which it's good to see all the turf because it helps with play and weather and so forth, but it's nice to see a well-maintained grass field. And Boy, Casey LaDuke has done a good job with that over the years. Yeah, they had some rain, I guess, last night, which uh, unfortunately rained out the, the softball game there. But uh, Floyd Central softball back in action tonight as they go for regional title. Uh, I was at, I went to Connorsville last night to catch uh, Silver Creek winning the regional title. So congrats to, congrats to the Dragons. They'll uh, play Gibson Southern Saturday in Jasper. And uh, if Floyd Central wins, uh, they get uh, the opportunity to play the number one team in the state, Ron Colley, on Saturday in the semi-state. So. Well, uh, you know, good luck to those teams. Uh, we'll see what happens. But we've also got uh, a tennis this weekend on Saturday, too. Providence's Rally Trinkle is playing in, uh, at Bedford, as well as Floyd's doubles team of uh, uh, Moominer and uh, Libby Bannett. So uh, we'll see if they can advance to the state finals. And, Josh, one other thing I do want to bring up from a local perspective. Coming up on Sunday, you've got the Indiana-Kentucky Junior Games. It'll be a girls-boys doubleheader at Jeffersonville High School. So that will be fun to see Flory Badunga, who I believe is still confirmed to participate in some of the top uh, underclassmen in the state. They're going to all gather to take on uh, some of the best juniors from Kentucky. Should be fun at Jeff on Sunday. Yeah, great opportunity for everybody to go out and uh, catch some of the top players in the state. Uh, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'll be excited to see Flory Badunga play, that's for sure. Uh, but it should be a... Uh, you know, it should be a great atmosphere, and uh, hopefully they get, a, they get a big crowd down there, Jeff, on Sunday. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the print edition each day of the News and Tribune. Josh, as I let you go, you told us you're at eighth grade graduation at Scribner Middle School. That is one of my favorite middle school gyms in the area. I've used that gym a lot over the years. Uh, it's a great place, and congratulations to your, I believe, daughter, you said, on graduating from Scribner Middle School. Yep, Susan Cook just finished uh, eighth grade today. Yep, and uh, it's empty and out now, so I guess it's time to leave for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Josh Cook with us on Wednesdays. Josh, enjoy the day. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Matt. Have a great one. All right, again, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Yeah, I do want to make sure that you're aware that there is a – the junior-senior – or excuse me, the junior series, Indiana versus Kentucky – 
will take place at Jeffersonville coming up on Sunday. It's a boys-girl doubleheader. And at last report, I saw that Flory Badunga was scheduled to play. And the schedule for that, 2 p.m. for the girls, 4 p.m. the boys, and it's Indiana, uh, the junior All-Stars against Kentucky. It's just a one-game deal they do, and it's always good when it's in southern Indiana or Louisville. It's convenient for both sides, both states. But that event officially kicks off the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star season in June, which is coming up here in just a few weeks, which is always fun. We'll see how Indiana does in that two-game series. I did see some uh, negative news for the series, and that's that the Kentucky Mr. Basketball, Reed Shepard from down at North Laurel, he is not going to play in the series, which is a real knock on things. I was really looking forward to getting a chance to seeing him participate in the two-game All-Star Series, but uh, he is not going to participate. No real details were given on why that decision was made. I know over the years there have been a number of players both ways that because of school or reporting to campus or injuries have had to miss. I don't know if that factors in at all or if he just chose not to play, but uh, boy, he is a guy that attracts some fans and a crowd and is going to make all kind of money uh, from NIL as a player at Kentucky, and it's going to be interesting. I was really interested to see him play uh, coming up later this month, but he's not going to play in that series. One other note I wanted to mention, I know we've talked a lot over the last couple of years about Caleb Love. Indiana recruited him very heavily coming out of high school and then here recently out of the transfer portal when he announced he was going to leave North Carolina. Here in the last couple of days, uh, Arizona has landed Caleb Love. Six-foot-four guard, averaged about 17 points last year for North Carolina. He announced his commitment to Arizona over the weekend. I don't remember a couple of days ago. I don't remember uh, Arizona being involved with Love when he left North Carolina initially. Of course, he chose Michigan over Indiana and some others. I don't remember exactly if they were in the mix or not. But uh, so interesting to see him pick uh, the um, pick the Wildcats uh, here in I guess really his third decision. North Carolina, then the transfer portal, Michigan, then it didn't work because of admissions, and now Arizona it will be the new destination for Caleb Love. Uh, just in case IU fans were still following and wondering where he went. That's the situation. All right, we will head to – that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for being with us. And that's going to wrap up the month of May. So thank you for being with us today. And we'll return Thursday. Alec Bozich of Inside the Hall is going to join the program. We'll catch up on him. Also working to get the baseball coach, maybe uh, Coach Watson from Providence or – Coach Decker with us to uh, recap the sectional week. So we hope to do some of that coming up tomorrow on the show in addition to an IU chat uh, with with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Have a great Wednesday. Beautiful day out there. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.